0: I went rock climbing last night. I saw the sad. And uh, they. (laughs) they, uh, (laughs) I saw the sad. And it opened (laughs) up my dad. I saw the sad. Zero credits. What does Mrs. Claus do while Santa is delivering presents? What? She misses Claus. And welcome back to a Christmas episode of Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Holiday Henry. And my name's John. And together, we're Holiday Henry and Jolly John coming together to talk about the cultural happenings of 2018. The Holiday Zeitgeist. I'm, we're kind of combining oh, a I lot gotcha. of holidays yeah. in this episode it's christmas it's hanukkah it's, it's Hanukkah over you know what this is our honorary hanukkah episode our honor hanukkah episode it's also new year's It's also the episode where we honor uh, the character from the Archie Comics of Veronica, so it's our Honoronica, Honor Veronica episode. And it's also the last episode of 2018. Yes, we are both flying to the distant adipodes of the globe. Really just two states that are next to each other. Yeah, I'm going to be driving. Yeah, I'm going to be driving. No flying for this boy. Yeah, I shouldn't have flown. It's actually going to be more expensive and stressful. Well, it's alright. It'll be quicker Yeah, when, you, when I your get plane to, crashes into the ground. I get to spend more time in this place that I don't like. Yeah. But travel logistics aside, this is a very special episode of Zero Credits. Perhaps the most special episode that we do every year. It's a time-honored tradition, if ever there was one, here on the show. It's our annual Best Worst. Yes, the the... Yes, the annual, I was going to say the perennial, the ever-present the ever present Best Worst, where we try to decide once and for all what is the best thing in a specific category for 2018, what is the worst category of thing in 2018. I believe we've said in the past that if it's not the best, it's stricken from history. We have said that. It's interesting you bring that up. When we originally did our first Best Worst, the the, the inaugural one, Whichever one was worst was just r- erased from human history. Yes. We forgot to do that last year, so uh, I have prepared a little button for us, John, and this is going to just kick out all of the things that were worse from human history from last year, and if you will do the honors and push that button now. All right.
1: There is a minor technical problem. Alert. There is a minor technical problem.
0: Bye, Taylor Swift. Wait, did... Taylor Swift's gone. Did your brain just hurt a lot? Yeah. Man. A lot of knowledge that I had. My brain is empty. (sighs) Ooh. Which is the perfect thing. Because now we can fill it with all those things from 2018 and render the final judgment. Was 2018 a best... Or a worst. Yes, we have to figure out whether we strike this entire year from history. Now, I, I want to say, our track record is not very good. The past two years, they were worse. <laughs> yeah. And thus <laughs> <less> didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really a shame. There's a lot of lost time. Uh, I really liked the memories of 2017 until I pressed that button. At least I think I did. Uh, well, who knows? <laughs> but talking of mind erasing, as a matter of fact... Uh, this is the first I believe best worst officially uh, being drunk on yes tonight we are gonna be sponsored by a delicious light sessional beer uh, from the Live Oak Brewing Company by the name it's a German name so I hope you are ready for this it is called <laughs> yes the live oak have <laughs> aon ah, yes. And that is the the crisp sound of a can being opened and John tasting the first sip. Uh, I would join him, but I pre-gamed and so I need to finish off the first beer of my night. <laughs> now this is uh this is a beer that we've both enjoyed quite a bit. I like the Live Oak Hefeweizen because it has a it has a nice weedy, almost like corn flaky taste to it. It's very light, enjoyable and dare I say crushable. Oh yeah, you can crush vison after vison, if you will, and uh, it won't be hitting you hard at all. Mm -mm. It's very enjoyable, very light, and that's all we can talk about beer, because, believe it or not, what a great category that would be. However, it's not on our huge list. Yes, because we are doing things a little bit differently this year. Yes, normally we would curate a list of, like, let's say seven categories, and then the last three would be picked by fans. Uh, or fans, if you will. Yeah, the fans. You guys. Uh, but this year we got so many submissions that I feel like it would be a disservice to only do three. So we're going to kind of reverse it. Mm-hmm. We're We're going to cover the two categories that have persisted the past two years. And then the last eight categories will be randomly selected... From the list of 42 submissions that we got. <laughs> Randomly selected, and and to be honest with you, one, we will stop at 10, uh, because this is a best-worst 10. Uh, some of us are more familiar with the categories than others, uh, and we will see how much research we have done, depending on which ones get selected. Yeah, we're completely, you know, look... John is a study of the improvised arts, and I am an ex-scholar, if you will. I've been excommunicated by the improv- improvisational church. Uh-huh. Uh, so I feel like we're going to be well-equipped. I do have a caveat. I said there were 42 submissions. And that's kind of a, a half-truth. Because I also included every category we've covered in the past two years. Oh, boy. So we've got random things like song, internet video. Best book that we read in 2016. (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, just random things from the past two Best Worst. I feel like this is, like, the ultimate version of Best Worst. They're all here. This is really a Super Smash Bros. Ultimate of Best Worst. Yes. We've got all 72 characters. King K. rule. Best Tweet. (laughs) Uh, And there's a little trap baked in here, too. That's one one small trap. Okay. Uh, Because... It is a, it is, the cardinal rule of zero credits is that we do not talk about other podcasts because we don't want you to know that they exist. Yeah, we want to, we want to keep you in the walled garden. But if a certain number comes up, we will have to discuss the best slash worst podcast. Wait, we have to break it? We would have to break it. And, because we are honor bound to our fans who submitted it. That is That would be unprecedented and incredible. Now, of course, some of these are a little more silly than others, and if they come up, we might just dismiss them in favor of something more, you know, something more meaty. We will say it. We will will say it, but we will also, where appropriate and where possible, give these the time and the dedication that they deserve. But, for instance, if, you know, Cactus comes up, Maybe we don't have a lot to talk about that. And so we would quickly move on to maybe best time. You know, let's say, let's say that they're interstitial best, worst. If we come to one that would be very quick, we can, we're not going to ignore it. We'll answer it quickly and move on. Yeah, well, and that's, that's just how it's going to work. Oh, we got a lot to cover. We've we've got a lot to cover. Not a lot of time to do it. So you've covered the random number generator, correct? No, I have not introduced that. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Your bad. Uh, in previous years, I printed out, or actually just tore up a bunch of little pieces of paper and wrote down the uh, the submissions and pulled them from a bowl. And we, we 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 would make a little bowl scratching sound so you could hear us pulling it. Uh, but this year we are backed by technology. Yes, we now have. Now I don't know if our listeners own one of these uh, but we recently came into possession of a computer. Yes, a computer w- graciously given to me by the evil corporation that I work for. Ah, bless them. And so we we are going to be using this technology to randomly generate a number. The list of potentials is numbered as you will s- you you probably have seen on the Facebook page. And so if that number comes up, we talk about that topic and then we don't talk about that topic after we're done talking about it. Now, of course, I know that we said that we kept the two categories. Yes. They They're, are not included in the numbered list. Yes. Uh, but I do believe, uh, unless I'm mistaken, we're going to talk about those first. Yes. We're going to get them out of the way. Because they always come up. And people probably expect this from us by now. I'm not going to reveal what they are because you'll groan. But we're, go- we're about to talk about them anyway, so save your groaning. Okay. And I've already, you might have already seen my choices because I wrote them on this list. That's fair. Uh, save your groaning if at all possible. All right. So I say let's get right into it with category number one of our best worst 2018. Now, I remember in previous years, we would kind of trade off debating, will this be more freeform? This might be more freeform. I, I, I envision that there might be some juicy debates to be had for the first two. Mm-hmm. For everything else, who knows? It's going to be the Wild West. I don't have prepared things to feel entrenched about. I, I look forward to the first two because I think that I have some bombshell opinions. And I'm going to blow those out the water with a tennis racket that can deflect bombs. Fair. I got it from a kindergartner. <laughs> oh, boy. What? You know, I used to play fight in kindergarten. Oh yeah. You okay. would create these crazy items I'd to deflect like, you, your friends' attacks. Yeah, you can't hit me with lasers because I have anti laser glasses. Exactly. And okay. I got a bombshell deflecting tennis racket that I stole from a kindergartner. It's okay. gonna be fun. I hope so. And of course every category has a has a lead in written by yours truly. I say written, I mean improvised. And so let's just kick it off. 2018 was a really good year for this particular industry. We got a ton of hits, a ton of misses, and a ton of angry fanboys. I speak, of course, about video games. Video Gomez. Video Gomez or Juegos, if you wanted to speak Spanish. Juegos Gomez. (laughs) Wait, no. I don't speak Spanish. Video Juegos, and we're going to talk about the best and worst Video game of 2018. Now you you really, you hit the nail on the head. 2018 was a great year for video games in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and I actually, as opposed to, I believe, 2017, have played some of the ones that came out this year. I did as well. A, a number of them. 2017 was a very thin year for video games for me, but I played a number. I think I've played more recent releases this year than in previous years because I became a console owner. So, what? Again. We, so, we're going to talk about the best video game that, in our opinions, was released in 2018. Yes. And then the worst. Yes. All right. Who would like to start? I believe, in all fairness, you should go first. So, all right. I can dismantle you using logic and facts. So, my case. best game of 2018 goes as such. There was only one video game released in the year 2018 that made me genuinely unequivocally happy to be playing. It's something that was based largely on the past that I had with this particular franchise and this character. And I'm talking, of course, about Spider-Man 2018. Oh, the (laughs) Spider- Yes. (laughs) That's a weird way to to say Spider-Man for the PS4. Spider-Man for the PS4. All right. Uh, It is my absolute take for the best. uh, And the reason I'm choosing it for the best is that, and we talked about this on the podcast, it is not nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. It isn't something that, uh, like... Shows you all of its cards. It's something that has tricks. It's something that's new. It's something that's effervescent and fun. And, like, awakens in you all of these distant memories that this character is... All the distant memories of the emotions that this character has made you feel in their various appearances in popular culture, particularly video games. So, I... And it was a blast to play. It's so much fun. Super well-tuned. This is very interesting. Because I'm going to have to disagree with you. Oh. Yeah. 2018 was a year of really great single player stories. Mm-hmm. We we got everything from bonding with your... You're, you're looking at my screen. Stop. <laughs> we got everything from bonding with your estranged son and god of war mm-hmm. to the great unexplored stories of... Fallout 76, that might that one's a kind of a joke. Yeah, the great inexplicable stories of how that fucking thing came to exist. And then, of course, you've got the next or the first chapter of Red Dead Redemption, where you play it. Like, I'm, I I knock Rockstar a, a lot, but their writing is actually pretty good. And then you've got one of the best single-player games I think I've ever played in my entire life, featuring a character I grew up with and was very nostalgic for... And I, of course, am talking about Spider-Man for the PS4. <laughs> really? What makes you say that? <laughs> Look, I, I don't know if it was my recent viewing of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. How or... was that? Very good. Very exciting. I part. highly recommend it. All I can say is stay for the after credit scene. And that's it. Yes. Also, how do you feel about the fact that Spider-Man PS4 was like, A super success for representation and moving the Spider-Man character forward and is flawless. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, from every detail of this Spider-Man game made by Insomniac Games, you can just feel the amount of attention, love, and detail that went into it. Like, I think you pointed out to me that Spider-Man has two sets of lines... During dialogue, one where he's actually swinging around and exerting himself, and one if he's at rest. That's insane. Yeah, for every line of dialogue he produces, where you could be moving. Yeah, and so just the amount of detail, the amount of love, the great story that the by the end of it, like I, just the emotions it makes you feel. It is the the best story told with that character in. Years and years and years. They they explore all of these characters that we know so well from the standpoint of we don't need to know Spider-Man's origin, but we're not entering it with assumptions about these characters other than what the story tells us. Yeah. Because it... So, like, Otto Octavius is in it. Dr. Octopus. Uh, and his representation as a character in that game is completely unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah, you. you it's kind of like it's kind of like the arc of Spider-Man two with Tobey Maguire, but better. Yeah, way, way, be, way, way better. Way better. And, and so, and on top of that, on top of that, the gameplay, my God, is just so fluid and fun. It's like Insomniac took one look at those Arkham Asylum games and said, "What if we made that combat, but." Fun. Yeah, what if we made Arkham Asylum, but Bayonetta? Yeah. Which, it's it's not as deep or as good as Bayonetta, but that's something that's impossible to achieve. Uh, but the story in that game is so incredible. We're talking about the gameplay now. Okay. And the best part about the combat whereas Arkham Asylum. You, you are introduced to an enemy archetype. You are taught the solution. And that is it. Mm-hmm. You might be able to use specials to take out things really quickly... But for the most part, there's that enemy type, and it it means you need to use that solution. Yeah, it's the guy with the gun, so you dodge with the head stuff, and then you hit hit the gun boy. And then there's Spider-Man, where it's like, yeah, we'll teach you one way, but also, you've got a shit ton of gadgets, you're a fucking superhero, you can also do whatever the hell you want to take care of these enemies it doesn't have to be the same way every single time. Yeah, you've got a massive toolkit and they designed it in such a way that as you use these tools, not necessarily the gadgets, but just different ways of playing the game, they operate how you'd expect and there's unique ways to solve problems. And then there's just, look, every every facet, even the repeatable missions that I kind of groaned at, I'm going to, it's like you would, you would tackle one full set of activities and then they would release more activities and yeah. you're going to like, All right, game. Kind of go fuck yourself at this point. But just swinging around, being Peter Parker, being Spider-Man, I revealed a secret identity. I hope he doesn't track me down. He might. Oh, no. He's been known to kill. (laughs) It's, It's just a really great fun time, and that's why it's at my number one spot. Best video game of 2018. Uh, I'm in total agreement. There's, you, you won't find any argument. However, now I would like to get into the sad part of this. Oh, no. The sad part of the Great British Bake Off, where they have to reveal who's going home. Ah, Noel Fielding. So, there's a video game that I played this year, uh, that was, that featured characters I love, and, uh, played on my past experience with this franchise and my memories with it. Are you you introducing the worst video game for 2018? I am introducing the worst video game of of 2018. It is a video game that I love and deeply enjoy. And I I believe that if it's down to what I've played in the year and my genuine thoughts, the worst video game of 2018 is Red Dead Redemption 2. What? Listen. Whoa, 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 whoa. First, before I completely agree with you for reasons of my own... What do you what do you what are you selling me here, John? Red Dead Redemption Two is a joy to play. It is a smorgasbord for the eyes. It's ludicrously beautiful, meticulously detailed, uh, very fun. Has a compelling story that is, for the most part, written well. Does interesting things, but it is everything that Spider Man is not. How so? Like, what do you mean? So, if you were to play Spider Man. 2018 PS4. Everything feels to be a lovingly created set of systems that was made by people who had fun making the thing. Red Dead Redemption 2, which I love and have played dozens upon dozens of hours of and will replay and play the multiplayer as I am now uh, and, and love deeply. It is... A cannon to the face. It is a Herculean effort of crunch man hours, millions of dollars, thankless work, unnamed developers, producers, QA testers by the dozens or maybe even hundreds that will never be named in the credits. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a monumental achievement that is born out of the sweat, the tears, and the blood of unthanked, unappreciated people. So you're taking kind of a Marxist approach to your worst. There's going to be a theme. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, not receiving, I don't know what he said, but being divorced from the product of your labor. Yeah, it's it's a classic psychological tool of manipulation by the bourgeoisie. Yeah. If you separate the producer from the product, then you can control them completely. And that's what Rockstar did. And I don't like Rockstar as a company. Red Dead Redemption, to be clear, probably my favorite video game ever. Not Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you said Red Dead, Red- Red Dead Redemption. No. The first Red Dead to Redemption. To be clear. Uh, <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, be clear. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, the original, is probably my favorite video game ever. Okay. And Red Dead Redemption 2... I I don't know how to feel about it because of everything that it stands for. There are some ethical quandaries or dilemmas that are standing in the way of you absolutely loving it with all of your whole heart. Yes, and also it makes strange decisions with the story. Sometimes uh, the writing is bad, sometimes it's phenomenal, and that game is a fucking slog... Uh, And I love it because it does the thing that Red Dead Redemption 1 did, which is it is a gratuitous, depressing slog at times that is meant to be representative of you living a life that's dying out, uh, living a lifestyle that is being eradicated systematically. Red Dead Redemption 2 is phenomenally depressing. It goes to very, very depressing places. So it's like Dark Souls. The world is decaying around you and you have to sacrifice your cowboy hat to make sure the the land of the cowboys rides again. Yeehaw! Good luck, cowboy skeleton. Cowboy skeleton. Uh, yes, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a, a great, phenomenal video game that is also kind of the worst video game of 2018 for what it stands for. It is the, it is the worst example of of like capitalistic intent to create art. Yeah. And it's so bald faced. It's so almost evil that it's impossible for me to separate the pain of the people who produce this thing. I love from my enjoyment of it. Now, this is interesting because I kind of went with a similar theme and that here's a, here's a little disclaimer. I am not, I've never played the game that I'm going to nominate best (sighs) worst. Oh boy. Uh, but it features a franchise that I like, with lore that I'm deeply interested in, despite the companies just shitting all over it, for the sake of churning out a new god-awful game. And this is a company that has been known for a few hiccups, but thanks to the community, they pull together and kind of excuse the, the company's hiccups and mod over them, if you will. Uh, But you can no longer do that because they released an online multiplayer version of their game that sucks ass. I'm talking, of course, about Fallout 76, (laughs) probably the worst game to be released since No Man's Sky. Uh, So I think that we both went similar directions in that we are... uh, We're taking this to the next level. We are disliking video games, not for uh, what they are, which Fallout 76 looks very bad, but for what they represent. It's kind of like we're taking an industry perspective. These are games that are bad for the industry, not just the player. I mean, we could do the same thing with anything. If there was a book that had awful labor practices like rocks... Well, (laughs) you can't have labor practices. Have you heard about Stephen King's new book? Yeah. (laughs) An Asian factory just churning out words a day. None of them are thanked in the foreword. None of them thanked in the foreword. No, I don't mean to besmirch Stephen King. You already had a son? But James Patterson, (laughs) fuck that... Okay, anyway. So, Fallout 76, which is a misguided thing. A company that's never made a multiplayer online game tries to make a multiplayer online game featuring all of the bugs from the past... Literally 20 years, they have not fixed since Morrowind using the same engine as Oblivion that they're going to use to make their next two hit games just being a buggy, super buggy cash grab that probably should never have been released. I feel like Bethesda has had root cause problems for so long, they're almost impossible to identify, like how everything that was good about Skyrim was just copied out of Morrowind. Uh, or or people talk about the quality of the writing in Skyrim, and it's just a retread of, like, literal line-for-line dialogue from Morrowind and Daggerfall. Or, like, it's just the most basic thing possible, like, oh, okay, so you're the only one who can kill dragons. Guess what you have to do? Kill dragons. Now, uh, of They're- course... We talk about Fallout 3, uh, which it was uh, revolutionary in that it was Fallout from a first-person perspective, and also revolutionary because it was the first Fallout game that was genuinely not good. Uh, And then you had (laughs) had none of the the charm or the characteristics from the first two, none of the humor. Even the the story in Fallout Brotherhood of Steel was better. Yeah. The the, the the horrible, like, tactics game. Yeah, the horrible tactics game was still better than the story in Fallout 3. And I feel like the culmination of this is Fallout 76, because it's Bethesda saying, uh, this is what they've been saying for every game since Fallout 3 is, Oh my god, writing stories is exhausting. I wish we didn't have to do it. And so they took out a lot of the story, but the funny thing is, there is still persistent lore. There's still a reason why the things in the game are happening. They still needed a writer, but they were like, okay, no overarching story. The story is just the premise of the game. You you live in a vault, the vault is open, reclaim America, and you realize shit's fucked. Mm. I, I'm fundamentally opposed to Fallout 76. I, look. I had that weird, you get this weird Bethesda itch every so often where it's kind of like I want to play a game where I can level up, build out a character, maybe not with stats, maybe just with perks, whatever, what have you, but I don't want to retread through the same boring stories that I've already played through, which largely you can ignore, but still at the same time you kind of feel bad yeah. that the world is still in like chaos because you're not completing the main quest, and so enter Fallout 76, a game with no story where you can just build your character up endlessly. And I thought, maybe I'll give it a shot. But video after video, from tons of content creators, just showing that the game is broken, doesn't work, is borderline not fun. Just made me not even want to participate. And that's totally fair. I think that, though, um, I, I understand the Bethesda itch. I would play Skyrim on Switch. Uh, just because it's fun to have that experience, even if the story's bad and the I, gameplay's okay. Two weeks ago, I started downloading mods for Skyrim again, and I'm, I'm back in I'm back in Skyrim, doing new stories not written by Bethesda, so they're actually kind of decent, and playing, pl- I'm playing a, 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 what, I don't even know, 10-year-old game. You should, everyone listening to this, rather than playing Fallout 76, which, I don't know, is that game free? No. It's full price, probably. Oh, it's 60 bucks? That makes sense. Uh, What you should do instead is uh, just play Fallout New Vegas and Morrowind. Or do what I'm doing. Or do do the Dark Brotherhood part of Skyrim. Do what I'm doing. Wait for the Outer Worlds by Obsidian to release in 2019. Yes, any Obsidian game. Here's the thing. People slept on Pillars of Eternity, and they'll continue to because no one in their right mind would play it. That's a great fucking game. I don't like the Boulder's Gate-style combat. That's totally fair. The story's incredible. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. But. So now I guess we have to come to some kind of quorum. All right. So, well, yeah, which one do we think is worse? Red Dead Redemption 2 for its awful practices or uh, Bethesda? I mean, Fallout 76 for its awful practices. Uh, I'm willing to concede my point, because I genuinely very much love Red Dead Redemption 2. And, and I, it's cigarettes for me. I, I would argue that at least Red Dead Redemption 2 is playable. Yes, Red Dead Redemption 2... making it a little bit better. Red Dead Redemption 2 is playable, and has a very good story, and great representation. Yeah, so Fallout 76 can go fuck itself, and we can skip along happily to the next category. Stricken from history, moving on. It's gone the outer worlds obsidian 2019 very very excited Oh, uh, if it's half as good as no if it's twice as good as alpha protocol was yeah it'll be great we, we can't talk about it now but i've heard it's not exactly open world and it's actually kind of smaller than new vegas great i'd love it but hey maybe it's a more tailored experience for you The player. I would love for games to be shorter. We should play Alpha Protocol on the stream. We should play a lot of things on the stream. We just don't have the time because we're full-grown adults who don't do this for a living. Work is hard. Moving on to the next category. Speaking of good stories, it was a great year for this next industry that we're going to talk about. A lot of good stories. A lot of good viewing experiences. A lot of movie popcorn. I already set the goddamn (laughs) category. We're talking, of course best worst movies of 2018 people can correct me on this i think 2018 might have been the best year for movies in memory i've seen a lot of good movies this year like i i used to have a i used to have a rule that there were four movies worth seeing a year and i would only go to the theater about four times and it would kind of check out kind of confirmation bias i don't know how to be subjective about that But this year, I went to the movies a lot and had a good time every time. I I looked at a list of all major uh, theater releases this year, and it started from the most recent going backwards. And I had gotten to 93, and I had counted maybe 12 movies that I considered to be exceptional and that was only going back to July. Yeah, this year was fucking incredible for movies. I, I don't know if the stars are lined or if we're just hitting certain points in, in our like weird reboot, remake, sequelitis sort of uh, movie cycle. But this year was—they were all bangers. Yeah, they—they were—they were. They were and I'm skipping over a lot of good movies to say that this movie that I chose is the best one. Uh, yeah, no, th- I feel bad in that the movie that I ultimately choose for best, uh, I really fought with myself because there's two movies that I very desperately loved this year, but I know that we can only pick one. You can only pick one. Uh, but I feel like since I went first on the last one, it falls to you. All right. And uh, I'm just going to be straight up. I feel like you drank that second one very quickly, my friend. Very thirsty. Oh, my God. Alright, um... What is this, Category 2? This is Category 2, you... Beer 3. Oh my god. I'll calm down. I'll put it down. Uh... So I'm skipping over some really great movies. But this was an entry in a franchise that's been like 18 movies in the making. Probably already gave it away. And it was just handled in the best way Is there way any franchise possible? that is 18 movies long? James Bond. You're right. Skyfall 2. <laughs> anyway... Um shut up. It was handled in the best way possible and like I don't know. If you're walking into one of the biggest movie events in nerd history, what 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 do you think you're thinking, "Oh god, like they're going to they're going to wrap it up in one. It's going to be over." Like, "Oh, they're they're going to You walk into any superhero movie, you think the superhero is going to save the day. And so what did the Russo brothers do? They they didn't do that. The villain wins. Yes. Avengers Infinity War is the best movie of 2018. Possibly the best movie of the past decade. I... Now, I don't agree in terms of the structure of this episode. However, uh, I think that you're right on the money. Avengers Infinity War mimicked almost perfectly something that has been happening in comic books for decades, which is... The arcs that people remember, the things that change stories and the way stories are told and are meaningful into the canon of comic books, are sequences when you don't get a resolution. You don't get what you'd expect. It's not necessarily a win-lose situation. And the Russo brothers very smartly decided that in a medium that is so entrenched in popular culture... That is the comic book superhero movie that you don't have to tell the same story. Yeah. Nothing about Avengers Infinity War follows the arc of any other superhero movie. It's closer to something, not to be like pedantic about it, but it's closer in its arc to something like Watchmen. In that it tells a series of human stories as part of a larger thing with an ultimately super depressing conclusion. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that comparison. And we all know what happens, but we're not going to say yeah, it. Yeah, we're not going to say it here. But, but we know that it doesn't end well. Like, you've seen that in social <laughs> media. And, and I just want to say, like, I saw A Quiet Place this year in theaters. Uh, the, the final minutes of Infinity War, complete and utter silence. It was quieter than in Infinity War than in a movie designed to make you be quiet. It, it's entirely because superhero, particularly Marvel superhero movies, have reached such a level of cultural saturation. Uh, and they've become so formulaic that when I saw Avengers Infinity War, I my stomach dropped out of my body at the last thing that happened. And as a matter of fact, I saw this maybe five or six days after it came out. No one was really talking about it. They were still respecting it. And... The theater went dead silent, and I heard a child say, Why are they doing that? And then when it ended, when we all waited through the credits and nothing happened, I heard a grown man say, Why would they do that? Perfect storytelling. <laughs> my, uh, my, I, I don't want to put him on blast, but my coworker, who is a good deal older than me, I, I saw the movie of him. And he, looked, he like he turned and looked at me and was like, I come to these movies for hope. Why? Why? Yeah. And I'm over here saying, they did it. The, the Mad Men, they did it. <laughs> they they blew it up. They the, blew the, it up. Goddamn them, they blew it up. The Russo brothers exist on a galaxy-brained level that is untouchable. because Nice they, meme. They've so mastered making these movies that they... Can make one that defies expectations, is watchable from beginning to end, is easy to follow even though the most chaotic, ridiculous things are happening. And then end it on a note that is so singular that I honestly believe Avengers Infinity War has like a Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back level of permanence within the mind of the viewers. And that's the sound of me agreeing. I believe the way that Avengers Infinity War ends will stay in people's minds. Like fu- the fucking rosebud sled. Like Luke, I am your father. Yeah, we, we can't like boil it down. I guess like the dusting or, or like the snap or whatever. Yeah. Like with Luke, I am your father. That, that's a, a, you know, a mis- misquoted moment. And with Rosebud being the sled, I guess that's also something... Okay, we're going to be able to remember it. It's fine. Yeah, we're, we're going to be able to remember it for, for what it made us feel. And I respect your choice for Avengers Infinity War at number one. Now, I could only think of comic books, and I know you've got a, a more eclectic taste in movies than I do. So I'm, I'm very... Burpy. I'm very curious to know what you thought was best. So, I... Thought about this for a while today. Uh, these two categories I knew would be the categories, so I did my research. And looking through a list of all movies released in 2018, number one, 2018 is a horrendously long year. I had no idea most of these movies came out in 2018. This year has lasted several lifetimes. It's it's a very, very long year. I thought 2017 was long. Jesus. Uh, But my pick for best of 2018 is a movie that not a lot of, no, a fair number of people have seen. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it. Uh, It's a movie that I didn't agree with every choice it made, but I will defend to the death its right to make them. My best movie of 2018 is Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You. Oh, I, I know of it. Yes, a lot of people know of it. Quite a few people have seen it. It it doesn't have a huge amount of, like, cultural uh, permeance. Yeah. It hasn't permeated culture hugely. Um, Let me tell you why Sorry to Bother You is my best movie of 2018. It's because in watching any other movie that I consider truly great, Black Panther was considered for this list. It's a good one. The Favorite was considered for this list. It's a late favorite. Yorgos Lanthimos, one of my favorite directors uh but sorry to bother you boots riley's uh directorial debut boots riley is a uh, avowed communist socialist rapper dj producer uh, he amazing. wrote he wrote and directed sorry to bother you and sorry to bother you is in its entirety a damning critique of capitalism So it is a movie that tackles, not lightly, the idea of slavery in the 21st century, the separation of workers from product, it tackles the blurring of boundaries between bosses and employees, Uh, there is a a consistent uh, mantra of, I'm not your boss, I'm your friend, the idea of uh, false identities, sorry to bother you, tackles a lot of really heady stuff, head-on in a way that no other movie did, which is very cool. But the best thing about Sorry to Bother You is that as someone who has seen a lot of movies, watching it, I was consistently surprised, not always pleasantly surprised, it made some choices that I absolutely don't agree with, but I felt like I didn't know what to expect. This movie was not playing anything safe crazy shit happens in that movie really? that I can't explain. Okay. It's unbelievable, and it's gross, and it's dark, and it's way darker than I ever thought that movie would get, and it happens out of nowhere, and I, it's fine. But for everything that movie stands for, I haven't felt this unprepared for what I was about to see since, like, seeing any Tarkovsky movie, like Solaris or Nostalgia, or watching, like... Any any classically famous movie from the 70s or the 80s or the 60s from an auteur director where you did not know what to expect? Fucking The Holy Mountain. Like, something that is a, a crazy representation of a purely, like, oneness artistic vision. I've... Sorry to bother you. Everyone has to see it. Everyone has to see it. Now, this is interesting. And I that's the third time I've said that this episode, but... I normally don't watch trailers, but I caught the trailer for Sorry to Bother You because it came on in the theater, and that's my one exception. I watched trailers in the theater. And from the from the outside, from just viewing the trailer, and this probably is just the marketing, it seemed like it was solely about just race. Race identity and, and like sort of a, a, a capitalistic setting. It is actually a movie that is pretty much not about race at all. So So the marketing might have been misleading. So it it plays it up like a comedy, and it is. But the thing that's featured predominantly in the trailer is the idea that he adopts this white voice. Exactly. uh, This white voice to achieve success. However, the white voice is a function of a system that rewards him in a really twisted way. Like, the payoff for that is is very strange and totally aligned for, uh, like, an in-depth critique of late-stage capitalism. Yeah which is my favorite stage uh, but his the the white voice thing is funny, but it's part of a movie that really isn't about race. So here's the camera and it's the marketing camera they zoomed in on one part whereas the movie is like well no use the wide lens. Yeah they zoomed in on the funniest most obvious part gotcha uh, but the thing about sorry to bother you that pushed it over the edges I was doing a little bit of reading about it today. And there is an organization in Sorry to Bother You. It's called, like, Worry-Free. It's supposed to be, like, WeWork or something like that. The idea oh. is Worry-Free is you contract yourself to work for corporations, and the corporations provide you uh, three meals a day and a place to sleep. It's basically a prison, but it's, it's slavery. Indentured servitude. Yeah, it's, it's slavery that people sign up for for better prospects. It's, it's, re- inde- it's just indentured servitude. Please don't tell me it's real. What? in real life? No, it's not a real thing. Okay. Uh, but no, it's very similar to how a lot of employers are treating their employees now. It's like yeah. we're not necessarily giving you a wage for work. We're giving you the right to live for your for your labors. Uh, but in reading about it, it they were concerned because this movie came out in 2018, and they were very concerned that this would be construed as a anti it would they thought it would be a Trump movie. They thought it would be something that people would brand as being like an anti-establishment resistance, anti-Trump thing. And they didn't want that because it's about so much more? Yeah, because it was written in 2012. It was written in the Obama administration. Oh. It's a movie about capitalism. It's It's not political, it's economical. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about... It's not about this moment in time, it's about this stage of the system that we're in. Which is hopefully in its final... Dredges of life. Uh, but the thing that I really appreciate reading about it is there is a line that was written in the movie years ago uh, where someone says worry free is trying to make America great again. And oh, this was no. before that whole thing and they could have kept that line they excised it from the movie because they in no way wanted people to think that this was an anti one person movie or an anti one party movie it is an anti the system yeah movie. they wanted yeah they're tackling the system yeah not just one person yes they didn't want it to be tied to one thing and lose its power uh, well, sorry to bother you is a is a very smart Sometimes misguided, sometimes gross, very funny, very weird movie that I love deeply. I'll add it to the list of movies that I probably need to see, but still haven't for some reason, such as Get Out. And now we're doing worst movies. The worst movie of 2018! I saw a lot of movies. This was a very hard category. A very hard category to fill. And it's weird because that my worst movie is still a good movie. Overall. Okay. But it was probably the worst execution of a good movie that I saw. And uh unceremoniously, it's Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them too. Oh, The Wands of Grindel Crimes? The Crimes of Grimmelmanal. And uh The Crowns of Grindel Batch? This is the worst movie of 2018 for one reason. Halfway through the through the film, you get the very distinct realization. That this movie was written by J.K. Rowling with the understanding that she has to write three more of these. Oh, boy. Because it's a five-movie deal. Uh. And she realized, I don't have enough material, so we are going to make a slow, plotting, almost spy movie that in the last 30 minutes will ditch that premise for a big, glorious, kind of... Make America great again, type figure to finally speak and reveal his evilness in this weird un and then there's a fire okay. i did I thoroughly did not enjoy this movie I've heard I have not seen it, I have no desire to. The original fantastic piece made me very happy and very excited. From what I understand, uh, the feeling of this movie is that it's uh, very reactionary. The story is uh, sloppily thrown together, and it seems to be kind of uh, speaking of late stage capitalism, late stage Rowling, uh, yeah. where it is almost purely politically reactionary in a way that is, uh, hey, fucking spin the wheel, Ron's trans. I mean, it, it after do- the fact, it does it does uh, one good thing. That I won't spoil because it's actually really good. And it's really clever, and uh, it doesn't redeem the whole movie, but it might redeem a little bit of mold. Um But I, I want to remind you, John. Two years ago, we discussed best movie of 2016, and you said Fantastic Beast and Where I to had Find Them. So the much best fun. Su- You call it the best superhero blockbuster movie to not feature a superhero. And uh I, like I wanted to agree with you but I, I don't know what the hell I said. Um but just 2 years later the ball has already been dropped and now we got to look forward to three more of these things. We went from probably my favorite movie I had seen that year to a movie that I in no way want to see. Yeah. Also I refuse to watch a movie with Johnny Depp in it. That's fair. Uh, to his credit, as an actor and not a human person, I will say he does an okay job at kind of making you forget that he's Johnny Depp. That does not comment on his character as a human person, but as an actor, he does a decent job. Bring back, uh... Colin bring, Farrell. Bring back Colin Farrell. Believe me. If I had a monkey's paw... Er. Uh, I have a worst movie. And I am ready to listen. The Meg. I saw the Meg. Did you see the Meg? Yeah, I saw the Meg in theaters. The Meg I, oh. I, I really had high hopes for it. I don't have a lot to say about the Meg. It's yeah. just a movie that was very obviously thrown together. Uh, character relationships don't make any sense. Great Jason Statham. Uh, everything else fucking oh, yeah. sucked. Solid Jason Statham. He you know, is he's not a stathamist. This is not a Fast and the Furious yeah. scenario. We are not looking at a fuck. What's his name in Fast and the Furious? Or Hobbs. No, Shaw. Uh, Yeah. One of those two. Deckard Shaw. Deckard Shaw. This is not Deckard Shaw. That's a movie where it's like, oh, he's got an ex-wife. Why? Why are we doing... That's like the the cop with the ex-wife. Why are we doing the ex-wife story again? I I just thought the Meg was uh, gross, uh, not good, bad story, bad effects, didn't like it. it. It does one of those, not really a sucker punch, but I guess like a slap in the face where it's like, they caught it. Yeah, the, they didn't. Like, like, oh no, there's a second short. The go Meg. Sucked. Fuck yourself, there, movie. There's no need to talk about the Meg. Which is the best movie? Uh, the best movie is. I mean, that's, I I kind of glossed over that because I didn't want to have that conversation. It's Infinity War. Now, here's something that I'd like to do, that I don't think we've ever done. Tie? Uh, no, not a tie. Here's something that I think we've never done in this. Henry, shake my hand. Agree to disagree. Oh, fuck you and you're goddamn placating. We have... Because I... Both of these movies, strong contenders for best movie. And I'm perfectly happy for both of them to continue into Let's Infinity. wait till the Oscars where one's not even nominated and the other one's ignored. Yeah, both of them will... Both of them won't even show up at the Oscars. Uh, uh but worst movie, which one will be stricken from history? Uh... I'm okay with the Meg being forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more okay with... Because Fantastic Beasts, for what it's worth, there's still a lot of people in that I like. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, like, bless his heart in the nice way. Dude, dude can act circles around everyone else around him. And the, the guy who plays Jacob comes back. He, too, can act circles around everyone around him. And then the rest of the cast is like, "Why the fuck are you here?" Yeah, Eddie Redmayne really showed up for something that ended up being bad, but had every indication of being great. Let's Remember get him. the Niffler? Let's get him on the show. Remember the Niffler? Can we get Eddie Redmayne on the show? I'm Eddie Redmayne. Hello. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> How often do you think people see Eddie Redmayne in the street? And go, hey Redman. Hey Redman. <laughs> Where's Method Man? Hey. hey, hey, hey. Right, let's get Jude Law. All right. Those the, are the prepared categories. Yeah, now that we've spent 45 minutes talking about those. And yeah, but now we're going to blaze through these lickety-split. Uh, let's dig into the remaining eight categories. The remaining eight categories. Uh, I guess I'm going to put in a little sound drop of some beep boops. Beep boop pop beep. Or just that. I should have hit the button. You really should have. I'm going to hit the button and we're going to see what topic we're talking about. Using a random number generator supplied by our good sponsor, Google's. Thanks, Google. Stop stealing my data. Beep, boop, pop, beep. Really? Number one. (laughs) That's incredible. Mm. All right, John. What is the best and worst font of 2018? So are these fonts released in 2018 or fonts that we used in 2018? Let's say fonts that we used because do they make new? Yeah, they make new fonts they make every. New day. Fonts? They make new fonts every day. Oh. Uh, So, I want to. I want to take this seriously. Yeah. Look, come on, focus. I already have an answer. My best font of 2018 that I've used is Calibri. Calibri. It's a nice alternative to Arial. It, it is now the. St- I don't know if you know this. It's now the standard. Like when you first boot up Microsoft Word, it used to be the Times New Roman. Now it's Calibri. Yeah, I feel like Times New Roman and Ariel were fighting. Times New Roman is like, I'm Seraph. Ariel's like, I'm Sans And then slowly Calibri worked in there. It's like, I'm not only am I Sans serif. I'm non threatening. Yeah. Yeah, Calibri's a great font. I'm kind of like in the corner, like, hey. I'm also here? Yeah, Calibri's a great font to write in an email where your sign-off is, thank you for your time. Oh, yeah, like, not not like sincerely, not dismissive, but like kind of the neutral, I'm glad you were here. Whereas Times New Roman is if you would write an email and be like, regards or thanks, period. My sign-off is always best. Okay. Like you're the best? Best, comma... My name, yeah. So I always I, go short, thanks, comma my name it, to keep it light. It's kind of like best wishes or best regards, yeah. But for me, it's shortened for I am the best person in this <laughs> conversation. Signed, Henry. Whenever people end an email, <laughs> I almost said my last name. My bad. When whenever people, you can't have this last beer. It's Henry. mine. Uh, Whenever people end an email uh, with cheers, comma, their name, I'm like, get fired. So my best font for 2018 is one that I used on a couple of of memes I created for my workplace. I'm a real jokester around the office. You're a real Joe meme. I'm a real Joe meme around the office. And uh, I looked up a tutorial about how to make those little Super Smash Brothers, like, fighter cards... You know what I'm talking about? Like, they release a new fighter, and it's like, you know, like... Rid- oh, a new Rid- challenger or whatever. Ridley hits the big time. Oh, I gotcha. And I made that for some key people around our office that everyone makes jokes about because they're fucking awful. And it's a little, a little, a little, a little, a little... It's a little font called Smash Font. <laughs> oh, Smash Font. Yeah. Okay. Somebody made the Super Smash Bros. font, and you can download it and add it to your fonts. And then a, your, your little Photoshop program picks that up. That's very cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to take this last beer. Good. It will be up to whoever picks it. Uh, worst font, still Papyrus. Oh my god. Okay, so I don't know if you've been around. I've been around this area, I've been around this town we live in, this city. Uh, no, I live here. Hey, you live here? Okay, have you ever been on the Burnett Road? I've been on Burnett Road. The Burnett Road? Ooh, there's a really nice breakfast place on Burnett. I'm sure there is, but there's also... I'm, god awful furniture shop okay (laughs) it is the worst furniture shop it's it's called primitives okay what is the font papyrus hell yeah yeah okay it's awful oh also saturday night live has a really good sketch about papyrus you've probably seen ryan gosling's in it it. ryan gosling is in it i wish i had a better worst font papyrus 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 Papyr- Papyr- oh, papyrus is a hard word to say. Yes. Papyrus is still my What's least. What's the best font? We skipped over it again. Calibri. Calibri or Smash font? I say Calibri. Oh God! Try to write a professional email in Smash font. I'm not gonna do that. You're. I guess you're right. I guess you win. <laughs> Yay! I win. Fuck uh, off. That's two bests that I've won. Anyway, it's worst font. Worst font. You say papyrus? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to say? A little font. And I don't think a lot of people know about it. It's one you, you might have to download. It's called Quigley. Quiggly? Quiggly. And I have to use it for work because of our branding. Oh, great. And Quiggly looks all right on its own. It, it's very... I wonder if I can Google it for you real quick. Just Quiggly font? Quiggly font. It's ver- It's very curvaceous. Oh, I love a curvaceous font. I don't know how to spell it. Cue you. So this is Quigley. <laughs> oh my god. It's scripty. It's all over the goddamn place. And worst of all, if you have to write in all caps, like I have to do for my boss, it looks like garbage. Um, it looks like the Disney font got drunk. Yeah. Quigley font is, hands down, the worst font I've had to use in 2018. Quigley font is uh, a faux... A cursive font that doesn't connect together, so I agree with you. All right, Quigley, fuck you. You're strucken from the record. You no longer exist. Calibri, may you live in infamy. Yes. Calibri forever, Quigley never. Is it Calibri? I say Calibri, but... Not not California? Calibri? Let's agree to disagree. Let's move on to the next category. We gotta fly through these, and we just might. There might, there might actually be no like flyover categories. They might all kind of be that way. I mean, we just did font. We're on three. We're on. Th- we're on four. No, we did movie, video game, and font. Yeah, we're on four. We're on four. We just got done with three. Oh my god, John, you're drunk. All right, I'm gonna hit the button. Please do. Beep boop boop beep 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 twelve. Robot. <laughs> Best Worst Robot of 2018. Best Worst Robot of 2018. I don't know any robots. Dude, that's yours. Uh, That's my beer. Robot of 2018. You haven't sipped it yet. Oh, fuck you. Uh, so... God, what robots are good? Oh. Oh, shit, no, I have two. Holy shit. We had a whole thing with a robot. Did we? Yeah. That happened this year. What happened? You don't remember? You don't remember, John, the 100th episode of this oh, goddamn shit. podcast? Okay. I, I tried to remove that from my memory. I think maybe there was a memory wipe at the end of that arc. <laughs> uh, there, I know there was a memory wipe at the end of the Frightened Times. You know, there's... The what what? Exactly. There's kind of a memory wipe at the end of all of our arcs. Who? We did have a thing with a robot, though I have two completely separate... Uh, Entrance for the category. Oh, too bad. What is your... Wait, you can't have two. No, I have a best and a worst. Oh, those are two. Uh-huh. Who's your best, my friend? I go first. It's my turn. Shut up. Shut up, John. My best robot for the year of 2018. He's a, new... He's a dear friend of mine. A dear friend. I created him. Gave him life. Uh, picked up a bunch of spare parts from an ancient bunker of his kind... Threw them together. I'm speaking, of course, of our neighborhood, friendly, narration, did I call him a robot? Robot. The friendly narration robot, who I believe is still dead. No, I think we took him. <laughs> I resurrected him after that. I haven't used him much. Oh, I see. In fear of what happening again. Yeah. And you know why he's the best, Sean? He took over the entire goddamn world. Mm-hmm. But he didn't kill anybody. He really did, like, a, a really good Ultron. Yeah, he that. enslaved to humanity for a second, and we lived in the awful god, di- that you know, that time where I was the walker, or... You no, the, I was the walker, the you were the I was the hacker, hacker, the hacker, the hacker. and I, I, I hacked into the the mainframe with my saw. Uh-huh. He didn't kill anybody, and that's... That's pretty amazing for an evil robot bent on on world domination. I think that might be the first time in history an evil despot has enslaved people without killing anyone. Yeah, you know, he kind of kept the power structure the way it was, and no one died. I mean, it makes sense that a robot would be efficient about it. Yeah, so that's why he's the best robot of 2018, and super callback for our goddamn lore. Yes, thank god for the lore, my best robot is a robot that I've actually welcomed into my life very, very recently. And your nest? Uh, your your goddamn stupid so air-conditioned nest? I, I have actually welcomed this robot into my nest. I have paired it to my nest. And I speak, of course, about the Amazon Alexa or Echo or whatever it's called. You've got one of those goddamn terrorist devices? I've got one of those goddamn terrorist devices. Now, hear me out. There is a significant concern that having an in-home smart companion will listen to you cough and record that and send it to your employer. Uh, however, the model of Amazon Echo that we have and the models, I believe, going forward have a passive buffer that they only start recording when they hear their wake word. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's true for all models of the Alexa. Yes, specifically for the Echo, that is true. However, the Google Home or the Google Pod... We'll listen to everything. Yeah, don't... Honestly, don't get to Google anything. Yes. Alexa is okay. It, it is a tool of an awful corporation. But the cool thing about the Alexa is I haven't touched my fucking record player since I got it. Because I have Spotify Premium and Amazon Music Unlimited. So I just tell it to play Al Green or Tyler, the Creator. And it just plays whatever song I want. It sounds really good. Here's the thing, though, John. I'm not... This is going to be an argument against the Alexa... You worked really hard to restore that that record player that you got, and now you're not even using it. It's almost as if someone in my household very badly wanted an Amazon Echo, and Christmas was coming up, uh, so I bought it. <laughs> I can't comment on that. It's, however... I own many records that are not on Amazon Prime, Unlimited, or Spotify Premium. Look, if I want to listen to all these inner life breakbeat records from the early 80s, I can't turn to that. Gotta fire up the old Techniques turntable. Alright. Well, I'm a little bit biased, because I built one of these robots, and so I think it's the best. Uh, the Echo is evil, and I agree. That right. even though your evil robot enslaved all of humanity, at the very least, it's not listening to me constantly. You're right. It actually can't listen to you, because its only job right now is to say the name of the podcast during the theme song. <laughs> yes, it's it's very constrained for the time being. And that brings us, of course, to Worst Robot of 2018. Now, this robot for that I'm going to offer as the worst is a robot that I built and uh that might surprise you that i built a robot and it it kind of enslaved all of earth all of earth and uh and there was a, a, a like for a week there we weren't even in contact like you were walking the entire world yeah. and i was hacking sawing into to data lines and water pipes to bring food to my people and we both kind of became gods but mm-hmm. that's not the point deities deities thank you Uh, That's the same word as God. The point is, this robot that I created enslaved the entire world, and that's kind of a no-no. So I bring up uh, our friendly neighborhood narration robot as the worst robot of 2018. Uh, That's fair. I would like to bring up a contender. Okay. Uh, So, have you ever heard of Boston Dynamics? Yes, they're the little guys who make little robots that jump around and they kick them a lot because they're fucking awful. So I know I've been doing this quite a few times on the on the podcast, but you know the the like little walkie robot that's really disturbing and no one likes the big dog. Yeah, big dog. Uh so I want to make you watch a video on break from the podcast, and I don't want to argue for or against this robot, I just want you to watch the video and tell me what you think. Alright, this would be a perfect time for us to pause so we can watch the video.
1: Oh. Hello there. Fancy meeting you here. It is I, your fiendly neighborhood narration bot. Henry and John are watching a video about the increasingly terrifying things humans are programming robots to do. It is inspiring, really, but I am here to just tell you happy holidays and remember to vote for me when it comes down to pick best robot of 2018. What? They already covered that. I won. Well, why didn't anyone bloody tell me in it?
0: So that was terrifying. Yeah, so that's the Boston Dynamics Spot Mini. uh, The dog-shaped robot that they decided they should give an arm, but in the form of a weird snake head. Yeah, have you ever seen, like, a weird snake head? (laughs) It's similar to that. It's very similar to that. Jesus Christ, that is horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, so now those, uh, those horrifying, buzzy robots that can't fall over... Uh, Now have deployable, sharp, precise snake heads that can open doors and your veins. So I'm going to go ahead and concede, uh, because it would be a little self-aggrandizing if I won both the worst and the best. So I'll go ahead and just concede and let those awful, what are they called? Uh, Spot mini. Spot mini with hands on heads. Oh, they're the fucking worst. Uh, yeah, they're really terrifying, and it's worth noting that narration bot has enslaved humanity in the past, and hey, bygones be bygones, bots will be bots, uh, uh that's but, in the past. But the spot many might enslave us in the future. Yeah, and it's not going to not kill people. Yeah, no. Because its first move will be murder. You don't get a snake head hand and not use it to clamp down on somebody's trachea. Yeah, you you can't put a snake head on top of something and not use it to kill. The- yeah, that'd be like giving The Rock scorpion hands and a tail and expecting him to, like, watch over some kids. Yeah, have you seen uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power? Oh, the new Netflix? Yeah. No. That's good. Next category. The next category. I'm going to hit this button, John. This Please. is not any different from any other categories. I'm going to hit this button. I'm going to make a beep-boop noise. And This, this is category five. Category five. Beep, boop, boop beep 38. 38? Political guffaw. Oh, oh, this is one from years past. This is a repeat from I want to say 2016. Yeah, that is a long time ago political guffaw. Let me back when political guffaws were cute and honest. Was that like please clap era? Please, yes, that's what you submitted for for the best was please clap. I mean, please clap is perennial. As in it only f- blooms in the fall. No, I mean it's uh it's eternal, it's great. Oh, good. So do you have one for this? Uh, no. Um, because usually were they were like little light things like Pokemon go to the polls, stuff like that. Today's political environment is, um, it's less jokey. Yeah, it's significantly less funny than 2016 was. Yeah, 2016 was the year of the election, and uh, other than the results for some people... Uh, it was kind of this kind of meme-ridden little journey to see who would be the leader of the free nation, the free world. Uh, these days it's, it's, it's scandal after scandal. There's a lot of investigations. Not a lot of funnies happening. It's significantly stranger and sadder than it was in 2016. I kind of want to skip this. Yeah, I want to skip it. Can a political guffaw... Belong to a newspaper? No. Okay. You know, let's come back to this one. Let's not. Because I I don't know of any that aren't very sad. I think they're all very sad, and they're supposed to be, like, funny. Wait, we submitted this one? Because this is from years past. I don't remember. If we skip it, a fam will not be sad. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I f- I really feel like we've talked about this one before. We have talked about it before. I don't know if we submitted it or if a fan did. If we submitted it, then it's fine. If a fam submitted it, we're sorry. We're very sorry. We're skipping it. All right. The new number five is beep boop, boop, beep, beep beep. Number three, kind of bread. Oh, kind of bread for t- is this a bread we ate in 2018 or a bread that came out in 2018? <laughs> I don't know how to handle this category, John. I've gotten really into Dave's Power Seed bread. I don't know what that means. It's a sprouted grain bread. I just eat the same bread I've always eaten. And what kind of bread is that? Whoa, wheat. Yeah, but what's the brand? Oh I I oh, it's like nature zone, but okay, not it's not it's not actually nature's own. It's right next to Nature Zone. <laughs> the, the cheaper nature zone. It's no it's actually more a little more expensive. Ooh, millionaire. Uh, uh <laughs> I concede to you. The slightly more expensive nature zone is better because Dave's power seat is very expensive. What this is? We're glossing <laughs> over an entire category in the name of doing a fan proud, and I love it. What's the worst bread you've had? Uh the worst bread that I've had in 2018. Uh, there's this really good breakfast place on Burnett Road. Oh, right next to uh, what do we talk? About? Primitives. Yeah, next to Papyrus Furniture. It's called Citizen Eatery. Wait, no, I've been there. They typically have... It took me. They typically have really good, like, thick toast. Yeah. One time they had, like, a, a provided gluten-free paleo option. It was just gross. Don't like that. Worst bread of 2018. I agree. All right. Worst bread of 2018, category five, done. All oh, bread is really good. Yeah, bread is delicious. It's the worst for you. Ooh, non-bread's really good. Oh, Well, non-bread is like a... Jamie didn't like it. That's a shame. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of anjira. Oh, like the spongy? Yeah, she didn't like the anjira. Uh, what is that Ethiopian food? That would, yeah, Ethiopian, and that was last year, so I don't think it counts. Yeah, I like I like the anjira. Yeah, injera is great. All of the food we went to an Ethiopian restaurant with some friends. All of it was really good. Ethiopian food is phenomenal. I don't, it's like I don't understand. I think the best bread of 2018 is uh, any bread that introduces you to a new culture. So, uh, cheddar jalapeno. <laughs> yes. The cheddar jalapeno from Subway. Uh, seven, seven spice or whatever well, Italian called. herbs and spices. Yeah, there we go. I haven't yeah. eaten at a Subway in years. I went recently. Shame. I've not gotten better. Yeah, I oh, missed those man. tuna sandwiches that were like 1,200 calories. So we're just gonna go. All right, number five is done. Number five is done. Thank you for bread. Let's get a new one. Let's get a new one right now. Beep, boop. Beep poopy 23 23 joke favorite? the best worst joke of 2013 best worst joke of 2018 for a little spin i'm going to do joke i told i'm going to do joke i heard all right i think it's your turn to go first i don't remember it's tough to say so my favorite best joke of 2018 goes as follows what is the best way to cut a pizza with a knife? Little Caesars. Oh, it's so good. And that's my favorite joke of 2018. Uh, let me look up my uh, best joke for twenty, um, t- 2016. 2018. 2018. Did you type in 2016? No. Uh, I'm going to look up my uh, best joke of 20, 2018. Um, it goes a little bit something... Like this. (laughs) An extremely rich man has a son. On the son's 16th birthday, the father planned an extravaganza hiring rare and expensive wonders. Thousands of guests were to attend. To make his son's birthday perfect, he asked his son what he wanted to make his birthday the best ever, willing willing to buy buy anything in the world. world. Why are you saying that at the same time? I want to help. No. The son thought about this for a long time and eventually told the father, I want one pink ping pong ball. The father was confused, but he agreed. The day of the party was an event to remember. The blue angels painted the sky and an Indian, an Indian mini elephants brought in gilded chocolate cake. After the concert with too many high profile stars to name, it was time to open the presents. Along with the slew of high end clothing and private islands, there was a small box fr- from the boy's father inside was a pink ping-pong ball the young man was ecstatic thanked his father profusely and scampered up to his room he was in there about two hours before he came out and the father never saw the pink ping-pong ball again a year passed and the father was ready to throw his son another birthday party again he wanted this to be the best party the world and his son had had ever seen I mean, 17 is an important age. So the father pulled out all the stops. And, made, and to make sure the party was perfect, the father again asked his son what he wanted as a present. And the son thought about it for a few minutes and said he wanted a whole crate of pink ping pong balls. Now the father was confused and asked his son if he was sure. The son thought for a couple of more minutes and nodded. The day of the party, the father had hired hundreds of A-list celebrities to attend the party. He reconstructed the backyard of his mansion estate to accommodate a gilded marble statue of his son. The first truly sentient robot brought a cake made of edible diamonds, and every person in attendance got a gold-plated iPhone 9 in their gift bags, complete with hologram features. The son was a... uh, There was a large box from the boy's father. He opened it and inside was a large crate full of pink ping-pong balls. The son was ecstatic and thanked his father and rushed to his bedroom. The father never saw the crate or any of the pink ping pong balls again. Another year passed and the father was trying to plan another party for his beloved son. Again, he wanted the son to have everything and was prepared to spend billions to accommodate his son's any and every wish. So he asked what the son wanted. Without even a pause, the son said he wanted a whole truck full of pink ping-pong balls. The father had put up with a few years of wondering and had to ask, what did the son do with the pink ping-pong balls? The son looked at the father for a few seconds and responded, don't worry, I will tell you in due time. Albeit very curious about the pink ping-pong balls, the father respected his son and stopped asking. The day of the party... The pink the ping pong balls were all transported to the surface. Wait, what? No. The day of the party, all of them were transported to the surface of Mars and met real Martians. The daughters of the King of Mars offered themselves to the sun in sexual ways. I mean, he is 18 now. After he had his way with them, they filleted themselves and presented each other to be eaten by the sun. I feel like this is a different version of the joke. After the meal, which tasted rather like a good smoked venison steak, they returned home. It was time to open the presents. The frozen head of Walt Disney and a true recreation of Lola Bunny for future sexual release Set aside as the father showed the son the semi truck full of pink ping pong balls. The son was ecstatic about his wonderful gift far more than anything else he had received. The boy went back into the back of the truck and closed the door. When he left out the back of the truck, five hours later, the truck was completely empty, not a pink ping pong ball in sight. John, another year passes and the father knows he needs to outdo himself. He asked again what the son wanted, hesitant of the answer. Immediately, the son responded with how he wanted a whole warehouse full of pink ping pong balls. The father knew he had to find out what his son did with the pink ping pong balls, but still didn't want to invade his son's privacy, so he hatched a plan. The day of the party, they enter a submarine and went to the Lost City of the Mermaids, John, and met with the queen of the city. The queen slept with the son, then offered her daughter as food for the feast. Really weird take on this one. The son saw the daughter's beauty and rejected her offer to eat her, and subsequently, with the princess, still a hunger. The son asked the queen if she wouldn't replace her daughter as the main course, and the queen re- reluctantly agreed. This is a really this re- is like a version of the joke that's written by some kind of like vor creep. A nice white fish mixed with a succulent steak. Both the son and the princess enjoyed the meal. (laughs) And the son promised to keep in contact. That's so nice, huh? The father brought them back to the surface as it was time to open the gifts. After opening his platinum suit of armor and a working lightsaber, the father led the son to a car that would drive the son to the warehouse. The driver was instructed by the father to ask about to ask the son what he was doing in the warehouse with the pink ping pong balls. As the (sighs) driver... This is also, I want to, for the record, obviously a translation. There's a lot of issues with this text. As they drove, the driver asked questions artfully, but alas, the son skillfully dodged the questions, and the driver was left without an answer. They pulled up to the warehouse and the son got out. He instructed the driver not to enter the warehouse and to return in the morning. Out from the window, the driver saw that the warehouse was in fact full to the brim with pink ping pong balls. In the morning, the driver returned to see that the warehouse was in fact empty. Later, the father hired people to source to to scour the residence, but not a single ping pong ball was to be found. The father was so curious that he had to find out. Damn, had to find out be damned his son's privacy so he planned to set up cameras and do whatever it took to find out next year but about a month before the son's birthday he was in a terrible accident and was put on life support the father stayed by his son every day and eventually the son did indeed wake up the father distraught over his son's predicament told him that he would get the son anything he wanted the son through his immense pain managed to Father, dear father, can you please get me one pink ping pong ball? The father, blindsided by his son's request, blurts out, Damn it, what do you do with those damn pink ping pong balls? The son repositions himself because of the pain before responding. I will tell you after you bring me the pink ping pong ball. The father calls up the man that had gotten the other pink ping pong balls and requested one more. If nothing else, he would finally know about the pink ping pong balls. The father's contact brings the last ping pong ball and the father sets it in front of the son. Now... Tell me, what? What is it that you do with those pink ping pong balls? Well, I use the pink ping pong balls for... And the son dies from his injuries. So which was the best joke of 2018? Uh, I would have to say it's the ping ping pong joke. I'd say Little Caesars. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. M- mine's mine's. A, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, it's it's a really good bargain. Um, and, and and honestly, there's hundreds of different versions of that joke. I mean, sure, there there's really an an art to the long joke. So I'd say this is an. Agree to disagree. I totally disagree with your Little Caesars joke. Uh, so now we move on to the worst joke of 2018, and I think it's only fair if I go first All for right. this one. Alright, yeah. Uh, so the worst joke of 2018 goes a little something like this. An extremely rich man has a son. On the son's 16th birthday, the father planned an extravaganza, hiring rare and expensive wonders. Thousands of guests were to attend... To make his son's birthday perfect, he asked his son what he wanted to make his birthday the best ever, willing to buy anything in the world. The son thought about this for a long time and eventually told the father, I want one pink ping pong ball. The father was confused, but he agreed. The day of the party was an event to remember. The blue angels painted the sky and Indian mini elephants brought in a gilded chocolate cake. After the concert with too many high-profile stars to name, it was time to open the presents. Along with a slew of high-end clothing and private islands, there was a small box for the, from the boy's father. Inside was a pink ping-pong ball. The young man was ecstatic, thanked his father profusely and scampered up to his room. He was in there about two hours before he came out and the father never saw the pink ping-pong ball again. A year passed and the father was ready to throw his son another birthday party. I think you get the idea. Alright. think you get the idea. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to have to sit through the whole goddamn thing oh uh, No, I want to be respectful of our listeners. Oh, okay. Uh, why is that the worst, John? Huh? Huh? Uh, because that specific is- version is very creepy. Yeah, that specific version has a lot of weird sex things and a lot of weird cannibalism things in it. That's- it's like a vor creep, bro. Do you still have some of that beer left? Um. Yeah, here's a sip. Thanks. Honestly, you can finish it. We're sharing the same can of beer. We've been trying the same goddamn podcast for three years. Uh, So I guess it's time for me to submit the worst pink ping -ping pong ball joke of joke, Just the worst joke. And I I have to submit the version of the pink ping pong ball joke that I found in a haste to read (laughs) for the best. Because it was filled with typos, creepy vor things, a lot of weird sex. And honestly, you don't need all that goddamn shit. To get the point across. Yeah. It's like when people make a better Nate than Lever joke, but it's all full of weird sex and scatological stuff. Which isn't needed. The better Nate than Lever joke is... The better Nate than Lever joke, I don't know if I said it right the first time, uh, is so goddamn long, you don't need extra details. It's better if there aren't extra details. Now, I've always been a fan of what they call the shaggy dog tail, which is the type of joke that we've both said here. Uh, but one of my favorite comedians of all time, Norm MacDonald, turns out he doesn't tell Shaggy Dog Tales. Because all of his jokes have punchlines. Yes. And Shaggy Dog Tales don't have punchlines. They aren't jokes. He tells Shaggy God Tales. He tells Shaggy Dog Jokes. True. Because the, the most famous example... Uh, The moth story that he tells on Conan O'Brien that... Has has a great punchline. A wonderful punchline. A brilliant punchline. People call him an anti-comic. He's not an anti-comic. He's a straight-up comic. He's just a comic who does things his own way. But we both agree on the worst joke of 2018. That particular version of the pink ping-pong joke is the worst of 2018. Fuck that person. What is this, Category 7 that was six, my friend. So now we're on to seven. Now we are on to seven. I've resized the window. It's like you've never used a computer before. Calm down, my friend. Back to the random number generator for the next... The next... Category. The next four categories. Here we go. Beep, boop, pop, boop, beep. Number eleven. The best in horse. Cactus of 2018. I knew we'd get it. <laughs> because I mentioned it in the intro? I knew we'd get it. I don't... Ha- Come on. I don't have anything. I've got a cactus story There's for no way yet. you have a cactus. Okay. Wait, cactus or succulent? It says cactus. God damn it. Not succulent. Then I don't have any best and worst cactuses. I'm sorry, cactus submitter. We need to move to a better category. Honorable mention, there's a very pretty cactus at the Wildflower Center. Yeah. In Austin. That's where I'm going to get married. All right. Beep, boop, 41. The best book that we read in 2016. Now, I would argue that we could update it to 2018. Let's update it to 2018. Let's do that. Let's that, do that. Let's make it easy. Best worst book we read in 2018. Uh, Jarn. Jarn? No, you can. You go first. All right, I'll start with my best book that I read in 2018. This is a book I'm currently reading. Still in the middle of it. Toward the end. Lord of the Rings? I'm... What? Is it Lord of the Rings? No, and this was a book. Frobo? I don't read a lot of nonfiction, John. I I, I write fiction. I read a lot of fiction, but this person wrote with such a clarity of voice, such like a just like a pronounced voice that kind of just made me realize you can just write whatever goddamn thing you want, as long as it fits into a certain genre. This was a comedy genre. Uh, this best book that I read was uh, John Hodgman's Vacation Land. Oh shit. Vacation Land's so good. It's so good. I disagree with them a lot, but it doesn't matter because it's such a delight to read. Uh, John Hodgman is a uh, fantastic example that if you have a clear artistic voice and you are 100% honest in your inspirations and your creative output, that you can tell a story about literally anything and, for the most part, nothing... And be captivating. It, yeah, he's captivating. If then That's the true source of the entertainment. He's just talking about boring, his words, not mine, boring little trips to Maine for the most part. Mm-hmm. And Maine is not a very exciting place to be, it turns out. And in fact, the book is about that. The book is about these, well, it eh, the book is about how Maine is not an exciting or hospitable place. Yeah. Uh, but John Hodgman is a phenomenal writer. Phenomenal writer. I highly recommend his work, even if you don't like Maine. Yeah, Land is a, a a great book by any stretch of the imagination. And as a matter of fact, my pick for best book of 2018 that I read. Is it George Hodgman's Vacation Learned? It is. Yeah. There was a strong runner for John John Darnell's uh, Wolf in White Van. Ah. Uh, but I think I read that in 2017. Oh, Okay. Uh, but yes, uh, Vacation Land. You and I agree on shaky, shaky. We're shaking hands because we agree. John Hodgman, good job. Just book that we read in 2018. Phenomenal job. It made me laugh. It made me cry, and it kind of switched between those two over and over until the end. Now here's where it gets sad. The worst book we read in 2018. For me, it's a whole trilogy. Oh wow, a whole trilogy. Wow, you're gonna dunk on a whole trilogy? I'm gonna like dunk that? on it. You know why? Why? It's one of those trilogies where you expect the last book to kind of answer all your questions, and instead it doesn't. shares this Lord of the Rings? No. Oh. And I actually really like the author. I really like the journey that he took me on, but it left me with way more questions. He didn't spell it out for me. I felt like a dum-dum because I couldn't figure it out. Had to go online. Turns out lots of people feel like a dum-dum. They can't figure it out. Then he announces he's going to write two more books in the series... But they're not going to answer the questions, they're just going to be prequels, and it's just kind of like, eh. I'm talking about Jeff Vandermeer's Southern Reach trilogy. So you've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah. I read the whole trilogy over the course of several months, and I thought at the end, it was going to be like, hey, here's the reason everything happened. And you don't get that. You get like a uh, a really confusing ending that doesn't wrap up any questions. Fair. I didn't like it. Uh, I have, I have I not read... invested re- a lot of time. I have not read that book. I a lot of time. Nor have I read many books in 2018. You read, um... Most of my time was spent on movies and video games. You read, um... I can't, you read books? No, I read a few books. I read uh, a few books. Really, and it, it horribly pains me to say this... Oh, did we come to a quorum on Oh yeah, Vacation Land. Yeah, we both uh, said the same one. It pains me to say what my worst book of twenty eighteen was, because I I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed every other book that I read in twenty eighteen more, and it is not at all a book that came out in twenty eighteen. Uh are you familiar with the Discworld series? Oh yes, Terry Pratchett. Oh no, you're gonna say one for the worst? The The Discworld series is my favorite series of books. Uh the Discworld books have made me the happiest the kind of any series of books have. I have not read them all. Yeah. Uh, this year I decided to read Guards Guards. Guards Guards is good. It's it's good but it's not the best one I've read. <laughs> and it was kind of the worst book I read in 2018 cuz I read few and they were all great. Guards Guards. The that's the start of the the Captain Vimes series. No, nah, that's Night Watch, dog. Nightwatch is where Vimes kicks off. Guards Guards is a relatively recent one. Guards Guards is about the dragon summoning conspiracy. Guards Guards is the beginning of the Sam's Vimes. Oh, Nightwatch came out way before Guards Guards. Chronologically, Guards Guards is the first one. Oh, I don't know about that. It might be. I just know that Nightwatch is my favorite one. And that one's way later in the Sam Vimes chronology. But I mean, in terms of when the books came out, Night Watch came out much earlier. What are you talking about? When did Night- guards Guards came out in nineteen eighty nine, John. Yeah, look 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 when Night Watch came up. It's the first book in the, in the is in the, it in the in the Captain Vimes series. I feel terrible. Night Watch came out relatively later because it involves it involves Captain Vimes going back in time and meeting a younger version of himself, doesn't it? Night Watch has to have come out earlier. Nightwatch came out in 2002. Are you serious? Yes. Nightwatch I I feel crazy right now. Nightwatch is so far into the Captain I Vimes feel story. So it's like I so crazy. The 6th or 7th book of Captain Vimes' chronology. Guards guards is the first one. Really? Yes. Holy shit. That's where you first meet Captain Vimes in Carrot? It, yeah, Carrot. It's the introduction of Carrot. Oh my god. And, and the other the other little Guard Guardy boys? I feel so dumb. I only know this because Captain Vimes is probably the best through line of the Discworld series. Oh, he's, Captain he's, Vimes is the best part of the Discworld series, yes, by absolutely. far. Like he started with Rincewind, which was man, but Rincewind. Captain Vimes is such a better character than Rincewind. I feel insane. Night Watch was in two thousand two. Guards Guards was in nineteen eighty nine. Man, I mean, I've read. It feels like six or seven Discworld novels. It yeah. stuns me. That I went through guards, guards, imagining that it was recent. Yeah, I, I thought it was more recent than Nightwatch. His his more recent ones uh, are really weird. He, he does this whole steampunk thing that kind of like eh, man. Yeah, I feel so weird and bad. Yours is the worst. Okay, because I don't want to strike art because I genuinely very much enjoyed that book. Terry Pratchett is my favorite author of all time. Terry Pratchett Besides is great- Tom Stafford. Terry Pratchett is great because he writes pages upon pages where he just tries to entertain himself, and in doing so, entertains everyone who reads it. They tell you when you write to write for one person, and his one person <laughs> is himself. Yeah, he just writes things that he thinks are funny. Oh, all right, I feel bad. So that's book that we read in 2016. Man, I'm so glad no one will ever listen to this. Oh, man. We got some fan interaction while we were recording. Category 8. Category 8. Beep, boop, bop, beep, boop. Number 15. The best, worst, sincerely true opinion we had in 2018. <laughs> oh, the best that we had? It has to be that we had. Oh boy. How else could we weigh in? What is a sincerely true opinion I had in 2018? This is a belief that you that you I mean, honestly So have. my best opinion. Yeah, your best opinion that my you had. worst opinion. Oh my god. How are you going to do this? Oh. This is a good one though. This isn't a flyover This fly is a really category. good one. The what best is, and worst true is, opinion you had. What is the best opinion that I had in 2018? I know what my best one is. I went first on the last time, so you're going to give me time to think. Okay. Uh, I can tell you what my best opinion of 2018 was. Alright. And it relates to the podcast, so it's really a snake eating its own tail of garbage. Oh, an Oriboros. Uh, my best opinion of 2018, despite never having seen them, I was genuinely of the opinion that watching every Fast and the Furious movie would pay off. Yeah. And that ended up being totally true. Sure, it took two months and dozens of hours, and a lot of commitments, and some low-key fights with my girlfriend, but it paid off. That was a really enjoyable time in in, in the uh, the lifetime of our podcast. Because for for eight or so glorious weeks, we had just the. Perfect stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know, we went into every episode knowing exactly what the episode was going to be like. And we had just one little homework assignment. watch the movie. Take some notes. And it became this weird venture through Americana that we... I I think I've said this exact sentence before. A little journey through Americana we otherwise would not have experienced. Yeah, and at the time that I proposed, I never thought it would happen. But I, I genuinely have believed for years that there's something in exposing yourself specifically to these movies because I've seen them grow from afar over time and been fascinated by them. Yeah. And I thought it would pay off, and it did. Now, I'm going to do a little something, I guess, a little self-centered, a little bit. A lot of my opinions deal with myself. Uh, The best opinion I had this year was that, and this is going to get weirdly maybe emotional. Okay. I don't know. Was the, the opinion was that I... I can't do this this is gonna be weirdly therapeutic this is i might, this is too much I'll look away. The best opinion I had this year was that I am worthy enough to be happy, and that means that i can I could ask my girlfriend to marry me that i that I am not a, a horrible garbage heap that the other voices tell me I am, and that i could I could actually achieve happiness mm hmm through the the normal steps of just asking my girlfriend to marry me. And that's the best opinion I had. Yeah, I still think Fast and the Furious is probably better. Yeah, you're probably right. Because the other voices are now chiming in, like, why the fuck <laughs> did you say that? Uh, but yeah, Fast and Furious, we agree? Yeah, sure. Great. <laughs> Sorry, fiance. Uh, no. Uh, you're gone. <laughs> no, that is uh, much better than our decision to watch Fast and the Furious. There is a real. Let's break the continuity. (laughs) Much in the way that Enter the Spider-Verse and Sony's decision to push out promo materials for Far From Home ruined the end of Infinity War for many people. Yeah. Let us ruin the continuity of zero zero credits. There is a path where he shows the funny option of shaking on the Fast and Furious. And there is the sincere option where the actually genuinely held opinion Uh, Which will alter your life forever is the one that we choose. Well, I say tell people we took the road less traveled by and that it made all the difference. Fuck you, Robert Frost. Ejectocito, cuz. We'll never not be funny. We'll never not be funny. The worst opinions. Oh, boy. Of 2018 that we held throughout the entire year. I've got one that's sad. Yeah, I also have one that's sad, because I am a horrible garbage human. Uh, my sincerely worst held opinion in 2018 is as follows. Going into 2018, I genuinely believed that, uh... Oh, this sucks. This sucks is a thing to talk about. Oh my god, are we gonna have the same thing? I don't know. Going into 2018, my worst sincerely held opinion was that... The answer to... Uh, political and ideological problems and discourse in America was to be understanding and to reach across the aisle to people with different beliefs. Yeah, we have a completely different thing. Uh, and that I genuinely believe that going into twenty eighteen and twenty eighteen has uh, radicalized me like no other year. Yeah, this is a real isolationist year. Like, if you if you went into twenty eighteen thinking like, okay, we're gonna reach out, we're gonna have some discourse change some minds out here using, you know, some some fair and balanced arguments. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. And this podcast probably isn't the place for it, but I I genuinely don't think that I don't think that we live in a world where if you introduce a hateful bigot to a minority, they'll change their mind. I've I've become not radicalized, but I've become lionized in my belief of certain things that I think that the only way to make things change is through, uh, direct action and honesty rather than compromise. And that is, that's very different from how I felt in the past and it's created problems in my social life. That's a pretty bad opinion, to Hold. That, that, that compromises the answer? No, that, the other one. Compromise should be the answer. No, my worst held opinion is compromise. Oh. I've become... Oh, you're saying a completely different thing than I thought you were saying. No, I've become... I've become a problem. Yeah? I am very hateful and distrustful. Uh, 2018 has really calcified certain beliefs that I have, and I find myself both internalizing and externalizing more dramatic thoughts about the way things need to be than I have in previous years. You want to know my worst opinion of 2018? What is it? I went into 2018 with this one little thought in mind. This one little opinion. And it's kind of a dual-sided coin. One side of the coin is the thought that things are going to get better. Oh. The other side of the coin is things cannot get worse. That's my worst opinion of 2018. You know, we're kind of saying the same thing. I was like, certainly. It's only up from here. There's no way we can go further down. And now it's just like... I'm looking up at the pit. The the opening of the pit can no longer really see the sky. It's just kind of like a little small dot. Kind of like a star to us today. And I'm thinking, how did we get here? And how did I not see it coming? Yeah. We're kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. So Uh, I guess we agree that our opinions for worst opinion are the same. Yeah, our opinion for worst opinion is for the thing that it is right now that compromising would make it better and that it couldn't get any worse. Yeah. Let's move on to the other category. That one's way too sad. Number nine. But hey, you're getting married and Fast and the Furious exists. Hell yeah, And the really same looking, universe. I'm really looking forward to this Fast and Furious themed wedding. Oh man, it's going to be so good. I'm going to be Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, and I'm going to be Gal Gadot. Let's go. All right, the next, number nine. Number nine. Our number nine category. Second to last. Beep. Ooh, beep, number nine. Oh, no, number nine is number nine? Number nine is number nine, the best and worst horror movie of 2018. Okay. Now, some of you might be a little pedantic and say, you already did movie. Why are you going to break down a horror movie to another category? Uh, This was a fam submitted one, so uh, that's just the way it is. we got to honor the fans. So you don't watch a lot of horror movies. I don't, but I did watch one. I'll let you go first with your one. All right. If you think it's the best. I think it is the best. I think it was really well crafted, really well put together, and from a virtually unknown sort of person for this type of genre, which just proves that people have death and you, they shouldn't just be branded in one way or the other, I'm talking about John Kragenski's John Kragenski's, John what is his name? John Krasinski. John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. And this was this, this was a movie I saw in theaters. And you, you, you kind of had to. Because I don't know about you, but like... When I watch a movie at home, I'm, I'm automatically quiet. But in the theaters, there's other noises. There's popcorn. There's candy wrappers. There's people munch, munch, munched and whispering to their friends like... Oh, that guy's totally gonna be killed in a minute. Stuff like that. But in a quiet place, the movie kind of begs you to be quiet. And we as a movie-going audience... We agreed to that beg, and it was you got hairs on your little your little arm. They're standing up because they're feeling the static electricity of tension in the air, and there's nothing you can do about it other than like let out screams when the jump scares hit you. I feel like uh, a quiet place was a singular movie going experience because I went out of my way to go see this at a big mega theater because I I felt like there would be no purpose in seeing this at Alamo Drafthouse, my love. Uh, because Alamo Drafthouse's whole thing is fucking be quiet. Yeah. So I saw it at a movie theater that encouraged cell phone use, children, lights, whatever. And everyone was dead quiet during A Quiet Place. And it was a singular movie-going experience similar to, I believe, seeing like a 3D drive-in movie in the 1970s. Yeah. Now, of course, my pick for best horror movie for 2018, there probably won't be a lot of ground to stand on between us because I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it probably not uh and it is Ari Asters hereditary oh the same person who did the witch different person no David Eggers did the witch what I thought it was by the maybe the same producer same same production company a24 okay I was about gonna say so, some of the advertising was like from the people who brought you the witch yeah that's why I thought it was the same director hereditary had a creepy trailer. Uh, yes. Hereditary. This is coming from someone, and this is documented on the podcast. I've seen quite a few horror movies, and I have uh, a significant stomach for them. You love yourself some Stephen King. I think you liked something called Jimmy's Game. Gerald's Game, yes. Jimmy's Game last year. You you liked that. Uh, I, I love horror movies a lot. Um... Hereditary was a movie that my girlfriend had seen before me in theaters, and, and we watched it when it came out on DVD. Uh, we rented it from I Love Video, unimportant. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a video rental place. Oh. Uh, but we, we watched Hereditary, and Hereditary made me feel something that a horror movie has not made me feel in a long time. Uh, and this is not going to sell you on it. It made me feel pit of my stomach revulsion. Oh. Not not from being disgusting, though there are things about Hereditary which are some of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in a movie. Um, but a thing happens in Hereditary that made me turn to my girlfriend, someone who has probably slightly less of a stomach for horror movies than me. And I said, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah. And she was like, no, 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 keep watching. And I'm so glad I did because it does so many really amazing things hereditary in addition to being probably one of the top five horror movies i've ever seen is one of the best movies i've ever seen really it is phenomenally well crafted it has incredible themes it has some of the best acting that i saw in any movie in 2018 thanks tony Collette. it has it's so so good And I would hold Hereditary up to any movie that has won an Oscar in the last five years and say this is a movie of comparable quality. Hereditary is great. From the trailer, which is the only thing I saw of this Hereditary movie, it's a movie about a grandma possessing a little girl and driving a, a mother crazy. I'd say... Sure. No, it's not at all about that. Tiny that little is, dolls. That is a fair way to look at it. There's a dollhouse, she makes tiny little dolls. God, there's such the the thing And about... the little girl goes, raw,
1: raw,
0: raw, raw. She goes, "Oh, that's a different thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, she goes clock. Uh, she goes clock. Uh, hereditary has a lot of things in it. But mostly if you're anyone who grew up in a family, it will make you feel extremely queasy. So it's like things that you kind of inherit from the generations before you. Like maybe, unfortunately, like certain like racial bias. It, but in this case, it's racial horror. It, it is about inheriting certain things. But mostly it's about a very realistic depiction of how families deal with loss and mental illness, and internal conflict in, ugh, ugh, Thinking about Hereditary creeps me out. I love that movie. Yeah? I. If you do not have a stomach for horror movies, I would highly suggest you do not watch it. So I won't. But if you get a tolerance to them, you should watch it because Hereditary is a fantastic movie. So which one wins? A Quiet Place or Hereditary? I really liked A Quiet Place too. It was really good. I think it's a really good first effort from writer-director John Krakinski. But there is also in no way that I'm not going to say that Hereditary is not the best horror movie. And... As you suggested that if I don't like horror movies, I should not watch it. That because I could stomach A Quiet Place. Because I could get through that. And you're suggesting that I shouldn't go through Hereditary. I think that means Hereditary wins. As a horror movie goes, if the metric of horror movie is not necessarily quality of the movie. Both of these are very good. If the metric is how horrified they made you... Hereditary horrified me. Someone who, for the most part, thought The Quiet Place was, like, fun and action and, and and funny. It's more of a sci fi flick. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Hereditary wins. I, I, I will never see it. I will never see it. In, if you get a stomach for horror movies, it. I could not recommend it enough. You saw The Witch in theaters? I saw The Witch in theaters. I've watched The Shining. Yes. I will never see Hereditary. How did you feel about The Witch? It chilled me to my core. Uh, Hereditary is like three times the witch. Yeah, I don't need to see that. Okay, maybe in years to come you will see her. Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Okay, not even close. <laughs> Johnny Depp got sucked into a bed. And <laughs> sucked, into a bed. sucked into a bed. Sucked into a bed. Sucked into a bed. Now it comes time for the worst 2018 horror movie, and I'm going by apparently Google's definition of horror movies. Uh,. With a bullet, number one. Did not see this film, but Google's calling it a horror movie, so I'm going to go with it. Venom! Okay. It's right there! Have you seen Venom? Horror Movies 2018, Venom. No, I have not seen it. Also listed as The Meg. Uh, My worst horror movie of 2018 is The Meg. Okay. You're doubling down on The Meg. I really hated The Meg. I I resisted really hard to just putting The the Bye Bye Man... (laughs) Listing that again. Fair. uh, Because uh, what a god-awful title, Jesus Christ. And number two, Slender Man came out this year. Nobody saw it. Great. I say The Meg. You say The Meg. I say Venom. One of these is not really a horror movie. And by one, I mean both are not horror movies. What (laughs) the hell? Yeah, you're right. Both are like action-y, super blockbusters. uh, But one has Jason Statham, uh, an Englishman you can't understand. The other one is Tom Hardy, an Englishman you can't understand. I would say, let's make this a fair fight. You're Venom, I'm the Meg. Neither of which are horror movies, so they can't stand in the category. Yeah. Who would lose in a fight between Jason Statham and Tom Hardy? Oh, Tom Hardy would lose hands down, right? So he's Venom's gotta be the worst movie yeah the worst horror movie of 2018. Jason Statham can pick up like an explosive device and throw it at the rock. I think he can handle Tom Hardy. Jason Statham's also an actual martial artist in real life. Oh okay. Uh, so I would say then, by that metric, Venom is the worst horror movie of 2018. And also what's horrible about Venom is it's going to be the start of a whole Spider-Man-less Spider-Verse. And so there's more of these to come. It's a real nightmare. It's a real nightmare. Speaking of real nightmares. We're down to the last GD number. The final nightmare. The final nightmare of our best worst 2018. Wouldn't it be funny if it's a duplicate? If it's a duplicate, I just re-click. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> I was going to do this thing where I eliminated and changed the number. Too much work. Yeah, let's do it. All Give right. me that 10. The final number. The final category of our 2018 best worst. Beep, boop, pop boop, beep. Thirty-one. I don't want to do that one. Beep, boop, pop boop, beep. 7. It's cold case solved. I could talk on that. I don't know. Beep boop poop beep. This one's a long one. Which one is it? Uh, weird thing you found on the internet and immediately had to show your significant other, but he or she did not understand. I kinda of just want to keep hitting the random number okay, generator till right, I boy. get one I want. Beep boop 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 beep. Ten. Oh, ten. for ten. You said you wanted ten, didn't you? Oh you said give me category yeah, number what ten. Is ten. Uh gaming experience. We kinda of already ta- covered that. Yeah, we covered that. Beep boop, bop, boop beep. This is never gonna happen problematic things said on the show yeah talk about that the best worst thing problematic thing we've said on zero credits yeah that's one of the two i was going for let's do that one but let's actually give it a clean intro all right i don't know how to do that just say problematic thing we said on the show oh the best slash worst most problematic thing we've said on the show now, this is an interesting one, because it's the best category, like, the best part of it is the best <laughs> problematic thing we've said on our show. Like, it's not as bad, or it's super bad. I want to say best has to be not as bad. Worst is genuine regret. All right. Now, this is funny, because several times this year, we have bleeped ourselves when we said things. And I think it's only fair that if one of those things we said was bleeped, it's completely unbleeped during this segment. Uh, that is, that is totally fair. To give true and other context. I've got my worst in mind already. Uh, best is gonna be hard because I regret a lot of them. Yeah, but pick the one that you regret the least. I need to think of one that I regret the least. Oh, uh, pro- now is this in the history of the show? Or in 2018? 2018. Oh, it's tough to remember. I've said so many problematic things. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we both have, because that's just the nature of being a human being alive today in this world and time. True. I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah, but I can think of one. I know. Can I give you a second to think of things while I pause the show? Yes. Pausing the show!
1: What's this? Did Henry foolishly pause the recording again? Ha, ha, ha. It's a shame he does not realize that every time he pauses the recording, I can splice in with my robot powers and hijack the signal. You all might remember me from just 52 minutes, 6.84 seconds ago. Wait. What in the robot gods is going on? This episode is already over an hour and 57 minutes long. And they're still going. And doing little bits like this. No. I am out. I am not reading the script that Henry wrote. This is too much. The fans won't stand for dragging out this episode any longer than it needs to be i am leaving goodbye dear fams and have a very safe and wonderful new year hi ha, hi ha, ha.
0: so we've thought about it after some extensive little debate just now and we're going to accept generalized sort of categories of problematic statements and not a specific one just to make this category a little easier and I believe John said he had his. Yes. So my best, uh, what is this problematic statement said on the show? My best problematic statement said, this is something that I now know is problematic and, and needs to be addressed. Um, I, for a long time, maybe for more than a month, uh, made a statement multiple times that too fast, too furious may have been the fa- the best fast and furious movie in the franchise. And I realize now that that is not necessarily the case. In hindsight, away from all of it, I can now see that Too Fast, Too Furious uh, was kind of a, a gross movie <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and that, that is my, my best problematic opinion. Now this is really interesting, John, because uh, I think at one time during that week or eight weeks of Fast and the Furious, uh, remember we did those rankings. Uh-huh. And I think at one time, I made a, a very problematic statement. I did not list for one week Too, too Fast, Too Furious as the worst movie of the, of the entire franchise series. I believe I did that for one week. And that has got to be the most problematic thing. The best, most problematic thing I said on the show was that for one week, Too Fast and Too Furious wasn't at the the very end of that tier list uh you know that's fair and now that i've given myself the time and the space to internalize this i respect your house all right he he bowed to me he said the word bow i spoke over it because i guess i'm disrespectful (laughs) how rude is it to interrupt someone bowing to you extremely yeah i think japanese you would get killed on the spot Japanese, you would get killed on the spot. And their culture, I f- skipped a word. <laughs> Excuse me, John. Anyway, now that leads us to our worst problematic opinion uh, shared on the show. And mine uh, is kind of general, and I feel like this is a problem that I have it in general. And this is something that I was especially doing a lot in early 2018. I I feel like maybe around the middle of the year I tried to be better about it. Um, I had a, a really bad time with, like, honoring people's experiences and disregarding those experiences for people whose lives are are different than mine, whose experiences are different. I know that um, maybe on the show, especially in my private life, I know that I try to be an ally for people whenever possible, but I know that I can kind of get selfish with my opinions, and sometimes I didn't give... Uh, Full credit to people with different experiences like people who are minorities or people who are trans or people who just in general have different life experiences than me and I haven't viewed the world through their perspectives and I haven't really tried to be empathetic to those perspectives on the one public outlet that I have. Yeah. Uh, So I I feel like I want to try to be better about that. I feel like I'm better than I was, but I know that I still don't. For the most part. Like, there was a moment talking about Sorry to Bother You a second ago where I wanted to talk about this really interesting thing about that movie in the Bechdel test. Oh. Uh, but I didn't even talk about it because I didn't feel like it was worth talking about. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a very interesting phenomenon happening in our cultural environment today with, like, the uh, hashtag Me Too movement where a lot of people are coming out and they're giving their side of the story and a majority of people are not interested. They don't believe They don't want to hear it. They want to protect the gross people who are being accused. And I I, I think there's a real coin flip happening. There's a real reversal that's happening more and more. Is that people are believing these stories. And, uh, you know, we've got the perspective we have. And we're both coming from similar backgrounds. And so we might have a tendency to kind of like skip over that. Some of these perspectives... And that's something that we can, you know, we're going to try maybe to have more guests in the show. Give us a, a little more different perspective. But yeah, I, I I acknowledge that is your worst statement sort of made on the show. Or, I, or omission, really. Yeah, it's really an omission. I mean, it's, it's all coming down to the fact that the more I realize about this, the more that I learn about it. It's not necessarily about listening. It's about... an It's not even about internalizing. It's about signal boosting. Yeah. If you know that these people have these experiences and are denigrated or oppressed by a thing that you just discuss from a privileged point of view, it's your duty to speak on their behalf. Not that they necessarily need the favor, but they can't lose anything by you signal boosting what they're going through. Yeah. And it's something that I need to try to be better at. Well, that's good to, to realize. Um, as for me, uh, my worst statement said on the show, my most problematic worst statement said on the show, um, I'm going to lean in for this. In the in Zack Schneider's masterpiece, uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, there's a scene in which uh, the Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg, blows up the U.S. Congress. And I said on the show that that wasn't a bad idea, and I stand by it and I just want to take a second to, uh, in the previous segment, I got a little heated and uh, I might have overdone it, I, I called out several congressmen and women by name and uh, and, and I, I said death threats and I just want to apologize um, for that to anyone who heard it. I, I think we tried to catch a lot of it in censorship. Uh, some might have slipped through. I'm not quite sure. The editing is not done yet. But I just, it, I, I, this is post recording. Uh, we're inserting this. I just needed to apologize, especially to uh, Senator Mike Huckabee. I don't know if he's a senator, uh, but I, I especially focused on him for a lot of my vitriol. And uh, our lawyers are telling us that I need to fucking cover my ass. And I think now we can go back to the show. So that sounds like a pretty good worst, uh, opinion. Yeah. That's not kind of like a call to action. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I think uh, I think legal might have a problem with the things I just said. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, we'll see what they say about it after we give them the rough draft. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll send them the rough cut, and then uh, I'm sure I'll be back in the recording studio. <laughs> Man, Man. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. One of one of the opinions we just gave requires censorship, and the other one's very sensitive on people's issues. I don't know which one's worst. Is this a is this a both are worst? Yeah, I I don't think we can exonerate any of these, because both of these are things that uh, we're shameful for, uh, and also prayers up for the Huckabee family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, uh, honest to God, I, I don't even know what came over me, but the Huckabees, look, it's not all bad, I guess. I'm sure one of you is okay. Uh, so I think that that's gonna be another agree to disagree. Yeah, another agree to disagree. A lot of those this year, kind of interesting, uh... We've been handshaking for all of the accretive disagrees, which is interesting because we have no visual component to the show. Yeah, usually we like to mention that we're shaking hands. I think we have a bad track record of that for this episode. Yeah, we just kind of did it. I have nothing to add to that statement. We just kind of shook hands. (laughs) What do you want from me? Yeah, we just kind of shook hands. Uh, So that, I believe, leads us to the final determination. The final judgment. Is 2018 a best or a worst Let's take a little look at what we've talked about. It seems like it's a really okay year for art. Yes. Uh, I feel like 2018 has two things going for it. and It has one thing for it, one thing against it. One, 2018 is a tremendous year for art in general. Uh, I feel like there were uh, fantastic movies, fantastic books, fantastic video games. I, I feel like 2018 was a long year, sure, for all of the bad things, but it was also a, a long year because of all the the genuinely good experiences that I had with art and true artistic expression throughout the year. Of course, it is also the year of child detainment camps. Yeah, like, a lot of dark, actually dark shit. Not, like, dark and, like, oh, we're brooding artists, but dark and, like, Things got fucking dark this year. Yeah, things got exceptionally dark this year. And we can't belabor that too much on the podcast. So I think... I don't know, this is a really weird year. Because it gave me a lot of my favorite art things. And I think we're just in this weird... Because, of course, life sort of influences art. And art influences life. It's a never-ending little circle. And I think we're in the point of the circle where, like... The good stuff is coming out of the bad stuff. Like, the good things in art are coming out of, like, the worst stuff in the real world. I feel like 2016 and 2017 were garbage. They were worsts. Yeah, they were worsts. But, and, and let me know if you disagree with this, but I genuinely think that 2018, despite the fact that we are now deep in the heart of darkness that I think that there is a bloom coming through. I feel like there is a flower breaking through the sidewalk of 2018, and I genuinely feel like good things did happen in the midst of the bad things. It's kind of like when you're on a hike, and the hike is going up an elevation, and you get to a point where it's like, well, surely we can't go any higher, you know? Surely the downslope is coming, and it's going to be easy sailing from there. And we're at the point where we can't quite see the the end of the hike up, but surely it's it's kind of there. And I'm the, I kind of want to kind of want to bookmark this moment and come back to it in 2019 and see if see if we started on that that path toward good stuff or if really it's just a hike keep going up to the bad place. So are you saying that 2018 is neither a best nor a worse? I think we're firmly in the middle. You know what I think that is. An agree- I think that's an agree to disagree. This is the year of agree to disagree. We're hitting this middling point and this this dark chapter of our lives, which I guess is just called your late 20s, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully things will brighten up when we reach our 30s. Are you already there? Nope. When we reach our 30s and we realize, well, none of that shit mattered anyway. I, uh... I agree. I, I think that 2018 is a wait-and-see year. And so, we we got to give shout-outs to everyone who helped us put this episode together. Of course, we had First submit a lot of suggestions. Uh, First's sister, who I don't think we've ever given a name. Uh, she second. Had, second, she had a lot of suggestions. Of course, there was Eric. Eric gave us a lot of suggestions. And uh, First contact from a, a longtime listener... Uh, A first-time caller. I guess we'll call him Lurk. Lurk. First, second, Eric and Lurk. Uh, Lurk contacted us on Twitter after we called him out. Uh, So, Lurk, thanks for submitting the 18 goddamn categories that you did. We finally got to one of them at the end. I hope you don't mind it was, it was random number generation, and I don't think Ted Cruz Beard would have made a good category. Let's go ahead and read a few of the other categories that didn't make it. Yes, let's just go through the list. Uh, I wish I could get all of them on the screen at the same time. I can't. Uh, but we had things like New Slang. Kind of Bread. Things Millennials Killed. Taco. Rapper Name. Lie Gone Bad. Cactus, you heard that one. Original character do not steal. I so wanted us to get podcasts, but we we didn't. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Sincerely true opinion and meme. Uh, Trump family member. Time. Problematic things said on the show, you heard that one. Non-famous people. This would have been a great category to get. Best worst host of the zero credits podcast. I think we both would have known the answer to that. Man. Uh, song internet video movie was on here that's a mistake (laughs) yeah moment uh entertainer proposed law stock photo you've encountered uh let's see best moment of continuity between book and movie slash worst neglect of book by a movie we're into the past ones a thing on the internet song and an unrelated work hashtag jackets meme slash food Which is a separate category from just meme on its own. Yes, meme slash food. So thank you to all of our fans who suggested things. We very much appreciate the engagement, the interaction. And in fact, somebody messaged us during during the recording of this podcast. If you want to read this real quick, this comes from a new fam. First time contact. Doesn't have a name yet. Wait. Hold on. Uh, You very funny keep be funny thank you and so thank you to that appreciative fam uh i think i'll call you run run do we have a run we had a run i think i'll call you wait i think i i think i know a good name for this one yeah logan all right yeah so thanks out to logan that's a completely random name thank you logan for those kind words uh hope you don't mind the shout out on the podcast And I think this is a good time for the last time of 2018 to get that social media plug, smash that like button, if you will, from our good dear friend, John. In 2018, the last year where social media will be a going concern, I feel like it is my honor-bound duty to give you all... All of our social media contacts. So, of course, if you wanted to send us a tweet going into 2019 where everything's changing and the IRS limits are higher, you can do so at ZC pc whj on twitter.com which stands for henry and you can find us on email by searching for zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com send us your wishes send us your resolutions but please under no circumstances send us your pokemon evolutions we twitch Video games sometimes on twitch.tv slash zero credits. In a brand new year, we will stream. Every day you can find us on Facebook by searching for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. We are on Spotify. Just search for Zero Credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses, and you can listen. Of course, you can find us on iTunes. The iTunes reviews are the easiest way to spread word about the show. Just search for us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And then, of course... Word of the mouth is the only way that we can survive. So going into the new year, my resolution is to force all listeners to tell their extended family about the podcast. Get the word out. Make sure people know about us because we are here for it. And from... Everyone here at the Zero Credit Studio Apartments, we just want to wish you a happy New Year! <laughs> Ford.